0: And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We're able to gather in this very simple way and sing songs of praise, songs that glorify you and songs that lift our own spirits. And I just pray now as we come to the preaching of your word that you would lift our spirits once again. You would speak very clearly and directly to us. We ask for a a fresh vision of your Son, our Saviour. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. And Last Sunday morning the focus of our message was on the decree from Caesar Augustus that resulted in Joseph and Mary... Uh, travelling from their home in Nazareth to Bethlehem, where Joseph's family was from. And it turned out that the Messiah was born exactly where the Scriptures said he would be born. Uh, In the Christmas story, we see that the great power of Caesar was actually in the service of the greater power of God. This morning we're going to think about something else that appears in the story, and that is uh, an item of furniture. Uh, Perhaps the most famous item of furniture in the Bible, the manger in which Mary laid her newborn son. Uh, It's either the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament or the manger in the New Testament, right? (laughs) One of them has to be the most well-known piece of furniture in Scripture, perhaps in all of human history. As I'm sure you know, a manger was and is a feed trough, a crib-like object where one would put fodder for animals. Though some scholars think that the word Luke uses has a broader definition and refers to a stall where animals were kept and not the feed trough per se. For what it's worth, I think the manger was probably not too dissimilar to what is commonly represented in nativity scenes. As different as life was in the ancient world, I think it's safe to say that no mother wanted to give birth in the kind of setting that Mary did, in a place where animals were kept. From what I've witnessed, I can say that giving birth seems to be a very painful process. There is blood and other bodily fluids, and a lot can go wrong. I'm told that it's especially difficult the first time that a woman gives birth. And so again, even in the ancient world, I am sure a cattle stall was not where you wanted to have your baby. Uh, You uh, wanted to give birth in your own home with your mother present or some other female relative and a midwife. We don't know who was present when Mary gave birth to Jesus, other than Joseph. Uh, I think it's likely that there was a midwife there or some other woman to assist. And uh, perhaps you can imagine the scene. Perhaps you can see Mary in labour, lying on a a coat that's been thrown over some straw. Uh, Perhaps you can see the pain on her face as the contractions grow stronger and stronger. And perhaps you can also see that she's scared... She's young, maybe 15 or 16 years old, and this is her first child. Perhaps you can discern the smell of animal excrement in the air. It's just not the right place to have a baby. (laughs) Frankly, it's pretty awful. But it's where Mary and Joseph ended up because there was no room for them in the inn. The accommodation where travellers would stay when they arrived in Bethlehem was full. That was probably because many people had come into town to register for the census. So for Joseph and Mary it was this cattle stall or it was out in the open fields under a tree. Now some have wondered why they weren't able to stay in a relative's house. Uh, Could it be that Joseph had lost any real connection to Bethlehem? Perhaps his parents or his grandparents had migrated north to Nazareth in Galilee a long time ago, and so he didn't know his extended family in Bethlehem. Or could it be that news of Mary's pregnancy had spread, and so had rumours about her becoming pregnant out of wedlock? Uh, Maybe they weren't welcome And that's why they had to go looking for somewhere else to stay. We we don't know all the details, but we do know that this is where they found themselves and where Mary's child was born. The swaddling clothes she wrapped her child in were strips of cloth. This was the common practice. And then she laid him in a manger. And I wonder how she felt, don't you? No doubt there was great joy in seeing and holding her child... But I wonder if that joy was mixed with sadness because of where she was, and because it was in a manger that she had to lay her baby. Uh, No mother wanted to do that. So Over the centuries, much has been made of the manger, and rightly so. Uh, It has great symbolic significance. It illustrates what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, referring to Jesus, a who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The manger speaks profoundly of his humility. Uh, Not a richly decorated crib in a grand palace for the king of kings. Uh, Not even an ordinary crib in a peasant's cottage. But a manger in a cattle store. How much lower does one get? Uh, This was a setting where animals lived, not people, The manger signifies that God really did come down to us, to meet with us, to identify with us as human persons in our suffering and in our weakness. He began his earthly life in the mess, literally and figuratively. He experienced the brokenness of this world from the very beginning. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4 that we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was instead, in all points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In other words, Jesus, the one who represents us to God, knows what our lives are like. He has been touched with human frailty and human suffering, and it began in the manger. Now, there is a rich vein of theological reflection that the manger gives rise to. But if this is the only way we think about it, then we've missed the point, or at least the main point. As soon as Mary lays her child down to sleep, the narrative shifts to the fields outside the town and to a group of shepherds who were watching their sheep. An angel appeared to them surrounded by the glory of the Lord, a bright shining light. And as was usually the case in scripture, when an angel appeared, they were terrified. The angel had a message for them, an announcement. Uh, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. As we've seen over the last two Sundays, uh, the Jewish people in Jesus' day believe that a ruler would one day come. A person who would be both prophet and king, a a great leader who would deliver Israel from its enemies. That's what their scriptures taught, our Old Testament. They even knew where the Messiah would be born. The angel was telling these shepherds that this person had arrived. He had just been born. After centuries of waiting and longing, he had finally come. And it's interesting that the angel called him Christ the Lord. This is the only time in the Bible where these titles appear together like this. This word Lord, Kyrios in Greek, sometimes simply refers to one in authority, but in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which was widely used in Jesus' day, it was the word that was used to refer to God. God. This is a tradition that many English translations of the Old Testament follow. When the divine name appears in the Hebrew text, we have capital L O R D in our English Bible. So the use of the word Lord by the angel in this announcement to the shepherds certainly refers to Christ's authority and probably also to his deity. Christ the Lord, Christ who is the Lord. That's who had just come into the world. And then notice the other title that the angel used. It summed up his purpose, his mission. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord was and is a Saviour, one who delivers, one who rescues. So, so what did Israel need saving from That's the obvious question, isn't it? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour. Okay, that's great. But what did, why did the shepherds need one? What did they need to be rescued from? Well, the answer to this question was also provided by an angel... Uh, the one who visited Joseph after he'd learned of Mary's pregnancy. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus... For he shall save his people from their sins. Israel's greatest enemy, and our greatest enemy, what they needed saving from and what we need saving from, is our sin and its consequences. We need saving from what sin does to us in this life and what it earns for us in eternity. Our sin damages our body and our soul. Our sin strains our relationships with those we love and sometimes breaks those relationships. And more seriously, our sin separates us from God. Our sin places us under the condemnation of God. The wages of sin is death. Separation from God, from light, from peace, from joy, from love forever. That's what hell is. And that's what Christ the Lord had, has come to save us from. That's why the angel's announcement was such good news. But that's not all the angel said. If you're still in Luke chapter 2, look please at verse 10 and following. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger we see what the manger was primarily about. It was a sign to the shepherds. And this shall be a sign unto you. Implicit in the angel's message was an encouragement to go and find this child or perhaps the angel knew they would. I mean, after all, this was the Messiah who had just been born. And so he told the shepherds what to look for how they would know which baby was the one. It would be the one lying in a very unusual bed. The one lying in a manger. One author writing several centuries ago put it this way, for though there might be many other children in the inn, this sign would distinguish the newborn saviour from all the others. Now with this information in hand, I'm sure it wasn't too difficult for the shepherds to find Mary, Joseph and the child Jesus. I imagine them heading into the village and asking around if anyone was aware of a woman who had just given birth. It was a small place. Someone was sure to have known that a couple had recently arrived and the woman was heavily pregnant, or someone was sure to have known that the local midwife had recently been called out, and that probably led the shepherds to the inn and then to the stable or the stall and... There they saw a child, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now there is undoubtedly great theological significance connected to the manger. But the manger was primarily for the shepherds. It was the sign by which they would be able to identify the Saviour who had been born. Christ the Lord that's why there was no room in the inn that's why Mary gives birth in a cattle stall that's why she wraps up her newborn son and lays him in that awful and unlikely crib it was for these shepherds and when we step back and think about the angel who spoke to them we know that he had been sent from God the word angel means a messenger This angel had been sent by God to the fields outside Bethlehem to give these shepherds this message and what all of this tells us is that God wanted these shepherds to find his son. To see their Messiah, their Saviour and then go and tell others. Which is exactly what they did. Verse 17, and when they had seen it they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Now what God wanted for these shepherds is what God wants for each one of us. Like them, he wants us to come to his Son. He wants us to know who the Saviour is. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and that means coming to his Son, Jesus Christ the Lord and trusting in him. The baby who was laid in a manger by the gentle hands of his mother grew up and was one day taken by wicked hands and nailed to a cross outside the walls of Jerusalem. And as unlikely as it seems... That cross is the means by which he saves us from our sins. He died in our place. He took our sins and suffered for them. He paid the penalty that we deserve. He was qualified to do that because he had no sin of his own, and he was capable of doing that because he was the Son of God, human and divine. Jesus died. He was buried, and the third day he rose again. And in rising again, he demonstrated to the world that he was the Son of God and that he really had paid the penalty for sin. He saves all those who confess their sinfulness, all who admit that they cannot save themselves, and put their trust in him. As I said a moment ago, we need saving from our greatest enemy, our own sin and its consequences we need saving from what sin does to us in this life and what it earns for us in eternity it damages our body and our soul, it strains our relationships with those we love and sometimes breaks those relationships and more seriously it separates us from God our sin places us under the condemnation of God the wages of sin is death separation from God from light, from peace, from joy, from love forever. That's what hell is. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the one who was in the manger, is the only one who can save us. And he will, if we, like those shepherds, come to him. Have you? Have you come to Jesus ever in your life? Have you recognised who he is like those shepherds did? Are you trusting in him and in him alone as your saviour? I hope you are. I hope you know him. I hope you have the assurance that your sins are forgiven and that you will be with him one day in heaven. God wanted the shepherds to come to His Son and that's what He wants for each one of us. This is what we need. We need to come to Jesus. We need to see Him with the eyes of faith and think about who He is and what He accomplished for us. And the truth is, we never stop needing this. I'll be honest with you this morning. This past week... uh, I've struggled with worry and anxiety as the number of COVID cases has rapidly risen. I've worried about what might happen to us here at church and what might happen to our plans for Christmas as a family and a number of things. And it's come at the end of a long and difficult year. As I was turning all of this over, as you do when you worry, (laughs) I began to think about this message that I was trying to write. I began to think about the shepherds, about the manger, and about how God wanted the shepherds to find his son and see him. And it occurred to me, yet again, that I need to do what the shepherds did. This is the solution for my anxious heart. I need to come to Jesus, to see him with the eyes of faith, I need to think about him and who he is and who he is to me. What he has promised. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is our saviour right now in all of this mess. Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is our king. He is reigning over all things. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Who's the thee that Isaiah was referring to? It's the Lord. The Lord Jesus. I need to come to Jesus all the time. And so do you. Maybe you need to come to him today. Maybe this message about the manger and the shepherds has been just for you. May God bless the preaching of his word. And may God bless you. Amen.